Content warning. This podcast contains themes that may cause upset or disturb people. The content in question contains references to issues surrounding mental health. If you would like to avoid the section of the podcast, it is discussed from 22 minutes and 3 seconds through 27 minutes and 30 seconds. That's 22 minutes and 3 seconds to 27 minutes and 30 seconds. Thank you. All right, well, in that case, we won't tell them that, uh, that it's a kobold just, just behind the door. Just everything's going to be a mimic. That door, a mimic. That chair, a mimic. Everything's a mimic, yeah. yeah. I laughed, they laughed, the toaster laughed. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Forever DM. Thank you very much for, for tuning in, guys. Like We really appreciate it. Thank you. Welcome to the pinky that is the brain uh, of Clash of Quests, which is our Saturday show where a bunch of forever DMs get together. And, you know, we kind of decided that we were going to run a game. So there are, <laughs> there are six forever DMs that decide to run a game of Dungeons and Dragons. And we all take turns being the DM. Each taking us through a level. Definitely tune in. It's tune in even. It's chaos. Uh, but yeah, definitely worth dropping in. However, back to this, the Forever DM. Today's guest is the one and the only Mr. Alex. How are you doing today, man? You good? Hey, how you doing, man? Thank you for inviting me over. Absolutely. It's a huge pleasure to be here. Thanks, man. All right, six so DMs in one story, though? Yeah. Yeah, six DMs. Okay, who, how does the rules go? Like, Do people like butt in? And like, no, this is how this should be. Or is it just like free roam? Whoever's the main DM is the one who like sets the rules and the standards and stuff. So the way that we roll is that we have one DM takes the other DMs per level. So the other oh, DMs wow. are technically players for a level. And then as soon as that level's done, it kind of shifts around and the next DM takes the story and then takes the players through to the next level. One level apiece. What's really cool about it though is... Because we're all DMs, the etiquette is incredible. All of us have been playing for a fair amount of time. So we kind of know that, you know, some people talk and other people listen. And like, you know, we kind of, we're all familiar with the rule set and it's a super weird experiment. I'm not gonna lie. Like we, we weren't sure if it would work and so far it is working. That sounds very familiar. I'm trying a new formula that we don't know that might work, but somehow it's working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like everyone. Just like if no one says it out loud, then it's fine. Like don't jinx yeah. it. So this is this cross. <laughs> but on to you, my friend. Like this is what we're here for. We're here to talk to you. What what edition are you currently running? We're currently running five E. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're Good. doing the uh Dragons of Ice Spire opening booklet adventure. I haven't played that. Is that the one that comes with the adventure starter thing? Yes, it does. And it's the one mm. that comes with like a free subscription to D&D Beyond. It's like the box. The first one, you know, you had to deal with Fandolin and goblins and a bunch of stuff. This one, you're dealing mostly, you're dealing in Fandolin again, and you're basically trying to stop a dragon from destroying the town. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, very, it's a very fun adventure. I had had to uh, change a couple of things here and there to kind of fit the <laughs> motif of what we do. It's been fun. I have three new players. And me, myself, and my roommate, Sean, who plays Lavisius on the podcast, he's played before. So we, me, him, and Will, who plays Lunar Moth, all three of us have played before. So we're kind of just like 
hey, this is how you play. We're trying to give them like little tips and tricks, trying to pull them in with role playing and stuff like that. So I've got two questions there. My first question is how do you deal with the role play aspect? So there are some players out there that aren't sort of, they're not really familiar or they're not comfortable with role playing. Like how do you deal with that? I try to talk to them as if they were the character. So in my story, there's Lisa, Wizwit, Lunar Moth, and Lavisius. So I would talk to my players as their character. If they go into an inn, I'll act as the innkeeper and talk to them directly instead of like, all right, so what do you guys do? Instead, it's like, hey, Lavisius, how you doing? And stuff like that. The hooks have been working little by little. As any DM knows, you have to kind of roll with the dice sometimes, kind of mm. have to improv on the spot. And I've done that a lot. They've been liking it. Those little improv moments I've seen have been hooking them more and more into role-playing, which is great. So are you more of a, like, I mean, I know you're running a module at the moment, but are you mm -hmm. more homebrew or you're more like a, a modular guy? I'm running the module kind of like a guideline or kind of like an outline. I'm kind of twisting the story here and there. I'm keeping elements from the module. I'm adding my own stuff. Because mm. after they're done with this, it's like, you know, this is where I'm kind of breaking it into parts. So I'm doing the module first to get them acquainted with the rules of D&D, how magic works, how role playing works. You know, mm. this is how battle works. And once we're done with the module, I'll be moving on to a custom storyline that I'm, that I'm working on. What tips have you been given your players, like new players? Just have fun. If you think you sound yeah. silly and you feel silly, you know, playing this character, then you're doing it right. Like, there is no wrong way to play D&D. We all know this. Mm. Just try to feel as comfortable as you can. And it's usually with the barkeep usually gets the, uh, the party going. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. <laughs> that's always a good, that's always a good standard trope to lean on. Cause it works every time. Every time. One of the characters gave me kind of like free reign for her background. I've been dropping hints and stuff like that for her that way. She seems very interested in her character's background now, which uh, I won't be spoiling anything on here. You guys are going to have to tune in to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, you'd be surprised. Like, obviously we're talking to DMs with live games and yeah. there's always that moment of, I can't tell you what's happening in case they listen. <laughs> yeah. Which mm. they probably will listen to this knowing that. <laughs> right, well, in that case, we won't tell them that, uh, that it's a kobold just, just behind the door. Yeah, I won't. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah it's fine. Yeah, they'll find out about yeah. themselves. And that treasure uh, chest is not a mimic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I saw something incredibly mean the other day, which was uh, there. It's a pie that's sent into this castle to retrieve an object, and they go down into the the croft, the under the undercroft, the cellar, mm -hmm. and there are just crates everywhere, and one <laughs> has the object in it, and everything else is a mimic. Oh like, my that god! Is... Amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's one hundred percent stolen. I don't know where I'm going to put that in, but I'll definitely put it in somewhere. You'll probably uh, hear it somewhere during our story. <laughs> just, just, if your players do listen, now they'll just be panicking. Oh forever. yeah, definitely. Just everything's going to be a mimic. That door, a mimic. That chair, a mimic. Everything's a mimic. Yeah, yeah. I laughed. They laughed. The toaster laughed. So, <laughs> as a DM, like, what's been? I love asking this question. Like, what's? What's been your drop the mic moment when you've been like, yes, that's it. Might not be in this campaign, might be in any campaign that you've run previously. Where you've been like, yes, I, like, I've done it. I am a DM. <laughs> so this last session that we did, they were going to a lighthouse to stop this half-orc 
from using the lighthouse to like bring in ships into the cliffs and like you know just having them crash into the bay so he has mm-hmm. a pet shark in the water they went into the water our bard cast speak with animals and they kind of like went back and forth with that shark and it was just me and Lisa, who is played by Nyla. This is her first time playing a bard, playing D&D. The last thing she played was Vampire the Masquerade, the tabletop game. So that, that shows you how far back she hasn't played any, like, role-playing games like that. Yeah, for and, sure. And yeah. um, she just, it was out of nowhere where she just started acting like this goblin with a Brooklyn accent. Like, hey, how you doing, man? <laughs> We just went back and forth, and it was just us for like 10 minutes just bantering back and forth, and we had everybody laughing at the table. After that was done, they were like, they were just saying like, oh, you know, we had so much fun and everything, and that's when I was like, all right, I got it. That was my drop the bike moment where I was able to kind of use all of the tips and tricks that I've learned over the years, and from seeing other DMs, you know, Matt Mercer, Matt Colville. Brandon Lee Mulligan, Griffin McElroy, like everybody, anybody who you could think of, like that's who I listen to. That's who I get my tips and tricks from. And it worked. And she seemed to be pulled into the story at that moment. My go-to tip is try to make them laugh. If you could get them laughing, that'll kind of get the nerves out of their system. That'll make them more acceptable to like all right we'll we'll give this a try instead of just sitting there on your phone you know going through facebook i was i was about to ask what what is your opinion on phones at the table we try to have no phones at the table Hmm. we do have people who are parents as my players so you know if Mm -hmm. they have to go they have to go i understand that but most of the time we record one to two hours that's like one or two episodes and we try not to have any phones and we just try to enjoy our time, like, away from the craziness that's going on in the world. This world where, for an hour, we could be somebody else and laugh at stupid jokes. Or, you know, go and kill the skeleton or this dragon. Find this treasure, get money, spend it on pretty items. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, I, I agree with you. I think, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit more, I'm a bit harder with phones on tables. I, I, I yeah, I don't like it. I want my players to be in, in the moment. And if they're not, then yeah. I, I, need to, I need to figure that out. Okay, so what other tips would you give a DM apart from make them laugh? Take notes on where <laughs> you would like the story to go. And just, mm. you know, your players are going to be your players. They're going to do something out of, the, out of nowhere that you're just not going to expect. That's where you have your pen and pad, you write down what happened, and you kind of mold the story to that outcome agreed mm, yeah note taking is incredibly important yeah. like yeah take all the notes another thing is on your dm screen i would say write down their passive perceptions their constitution scores their dexterity scores their strength scores just like a little mm-hmm. note on the side if you do characters you those, like you can find yeah, those like little, little mini s- character printouts yeah, yeah, fantastic. or like sticky notes that, you know, you can just pull out, place right onto your screen and whatnot. Or if you have like a pad and paper right in front of you, learn spells. Try to learn spells like the back of your hand because players are going to go, oh, I cast Fireball, Liaman's Tiny Hut, and you just kind of have to know off the top of your head, like, all right, this is what this does. This is how much, you know, area of effect it's going to be. This is how long the casting time is going to be. I wouldn't say read the Dungeon Master's Guide front to back, but read the important parts. Read, you know, battling. Yeah, definitely no, battling. I think, 
I, I think the biggest kind of backlog in D&D is the spells. So I think, yeah, you'd, you'd be doing yourself a massive favor if you could yeah. get those spells down. Yeah. Like I have mm. little spell cards for like every class. And I just mm. have those, like I purposely go into my players' character sheets and I write down what spells they have just so I could have them like on a stack right next to me. Like, all right, this is what this character is doing. I know what it does. They don't have to explain it. Uh, especially on audio medium, it's kind of boring sometimes to just read off of the spell card. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I know automatically what they're going to do. I have them, you know, explain or describe how they're going to do something. So what do you do when they're a druid and they have to prep their spells every morning? I haven't gotten a druid in my party yet. Okay. <laughs> I haven't gotten a druid or a cleric uh, or a wizard. Nothing that has to prepare spells. But usually, mm-hmm. you know, some players they don't like to step out of their boundaries or like their comfort zone when it comes to spells. People who play druids, wizards, clerics, who have to prepare everything, I feel like are more seasoned players. You know, this isn't their first four, you know, this will be like their fifth time, sixth time playing. They know how a character runs. They know how their class works. So I feel like they wouldn't try to customize way too much in picking their spells. Kind of know what they're going to be having. It's more so knowing your players also. That's another tip. Learn your players. Know yeah. how they react in certain situations. You know that this player might be the murder hobo. This person might be the <laughs> one who checks every corner, every trap, checks every body for loot and stuff like that. If you have a party member that you know is just gun ho blazing, goes in first, try to work around that. I think, yeah, I, trying to figure out your uh, player's play style is incredibly important because you're right there are numerous different ways to play D&D and none of them are really wrong as long as you've got the right DM uh, who understands yeah. what their high, high needs and balancing those players um, yeah, definitely. yeah so, so um, we've kind of covered we've kind of covered D&D and we'll totally come back to it but what other RPGs have you played mainly a D&D I played guy. Monster of the Week which is very fun Do you want to explain uh, what Monster of the Week is to folks yeah Monster of the Week is like they kind of take your weekly television show of like supernatural buffy x files and they kind of make it into tabletop gaming where every quote week unquote would be a different monster that you will go hunt out every character is very simple to play and it's one sheet front and back you only roll 2d6s which is great Mm. (laughs) you don't have to have this whole sack like i do um (laughs) for me as the keeper i roll no dice for me it's just i react to what you're doing what your what my players are doing completely the story is mostly up to them if they're comfortable kind of writing the narrative a little bit have a go at it that's very fun i played the i forgot the name of it but it's where you're all bears with different hats oh is that what they um, honey heist honey heist yeah yeah what they yeah, played they on, go, yeah yeah on Crit Row, yeah yeah, played Honey Heist, which is fun, being a bunch of bears. Basically the same thing. It's your different bears. You get different hats that give you uh, different job classes. And again, mm. you only roll 2d6. Other than that, I did a lot of, <laughs> I did a lot of role-playing in like chat rooms. Like, yeah, back yeah, in yeah, the totally. day and message boards and stuff like that. I've LARPed once. <laughs> How did you uh, find LARPing? Or live-action role-playing? Yeah, yeah live-action role-playing. It's, it's not that far off from D&D. Just you're literally as your character, you act, you fight. <laughs> That's like one of the most fun things is whacking somebody over the head with a foam sword. 
I never did LARPing. I did the, the other side of LARPing. I did the reenactment thing. I did the 8th to 11th century Viking stuff. Oh, wow. It's, it's the same thing. It's just, it's metal instead of foam. Uh-huh. So it really hurts. It really hurts if you, if you don't get out of the way quick enough. But that's one of the first things they teach you is to get out of the way. Get out of the way. Yeah. You can yeah. dodge the Use- sword. You can dodge a dodgeball. Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so I, this is one of the questions I really enjoy asking DMs. First off, how long have you been planned in? Uh, how long have you been a dungeon master, a keeper? How long have you, how, how long have you been RPGing for? I recently started DMing. I've DMed a couple of times before for friends and stuff like that. But like on a major scale, this is my first one. I have about four years playing Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Uh, on and off. The reason I ask is because, like, like I said, this is one of my favorite things to ask sort of dungeon masters or keepers. Have you ever found yourself in a situation outside of game, like quote unquote in real life, where you've channeled those DM skills? Definitely. At work. <laughs> Definitely at work. Talking to like different clients, I'd try to like make them laugh, make them not think about the call that they're on. There have been times where I've tripped on the street and I'm like, all right, I, I just failed that role. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like little stupid things like that. Like if I feel very hyper or like inspired that day, I'd be like, oh, you know, I guess I gave myself an inspiration point. No, like, uh, this is, see, this is the reason why, why I love asking that question is because like it goes the full gamble for people with like social anxiety all the way through to people like yourself where it becomes part of you. Because I 100% do the same thing. Like, if I come out of a meeting that's, that's gone really well, I'm like, oh, I rolled really high on charisma. Yeah. Nat 20 on charisma. Like, even to people that don't even play d and I'm like, Nat 20 on charisma. And they're like, I, I don't know what you're saying. They're just like, oh, I don't understand that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Just take a seat. Let's, uh, let's discuss D&D. <laughs> so, have you noticed uh, a bit of a shift uh, in the perception of D&D over the last sort of four, four-ish years? Definitely. It's gone a lot more mainstream. And I single-handedly say that Critical Role did that. Yeah. Critical Role definitely led the the charge. Yeah, definitely. A couple of years ago, I was just searching on YouTube one day and I randomly found Critical Role. And like, from that day on, I binged the hell out of it. Like, I didn't even know who most of these people were. I knew who Matt Mercer was because I played previous games. But when, you know, you sit down and you start Googling these people's names, you find out, oh shit, they played my favorite character in an anime or in a video game. Oh, that's really cool. These guys are just as nerdy as me. But (laughs) the downside of it being more mainstream is that I feel like people think that when they see Critical Role, that's what they expect Dungeons and Dragons to be. The Mercer effect. Yes, the big Mercer effect. I've been on tables where we've acted crazy, stupid, you know, we were in our characters. And there have been times where we've sat at tables and it's been, all right, guys, what do you want to do? And we don't really role play. We just kind of go with the flow, the story, you know, I attack, I roll dice, and, you know, you see people on their phones and stuff. And I've been in places where it's in the middle, you know, we're having fun, people are still on their phones, they're not really deep into the story as most people should be. And they're not engaged. Yeah, they're not engaged. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. I thank Critical Role for that because they brought the game that I love so much into, mm. you know, public eyes. Again, you know, it has a reinsurgence, you know. Thankfully, this time around, it's not like, oh, d and 
satanic cult. It's more of, you know, it's just people having satanic fun and rolling dice, being nerd. No, I agree. I think Crit Roll certainly, certainly led the charge. But yeah, it does bring with it the Mercer effect, which is, which is kind of tough. I think it's something that's come up in pretty much every interview that we've run so far because it is that prevalent. The, the, the best answer that I've ever found to that, it was on Reddit. I'm sure I read it on Reddit. It was like, yeah, like all these people turn up expecting you to be Matthew Mercer. It's like, that's fine. I'll be Matthew Mercer if you be Travis Willingham. Yeah, I completely understand that. On Twitter, I tweeted out a picture to Matt Mercer like last year during the summer. And it was a meme of Iron Man, Tony Stark, and Spider-Man from the movie, The Avengers. And it mm. was the moment where Peter's going to Tony, I want to be like you. And Tony turns around and goes to him, I want you to be me, but better. I sent that out yeah. and I tagged Matt Mercer on it. And I was like, this is what you feel for all of these DMs that uh, came out of nowhere because of Critical Role. And he responded to me and he was like, yeah, this is how exactly how I feel. I want, you know, aspiring DMs to be better than me, but in the comfort of their own, you know, in their own play style. I think that's the biggest thing that I like personally, that I'd want anyone to take away from like listening to these interviews is that you are your own DM. Yes. Definitely, you are your own DM. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to find things. Personally, people listen to this and they want to become DM. I would say do not listen to Critical Role. Don't look at Critical Role until you've started playing. Get an idea on how D&D works, you know, with people who are first players. Listen to the Adventure Zone. Their first season, the Balance Campaign, those first 10, 15 episodes, it's like every game that I've ever sat at. And it's, you know, people talking out of character, asking questions. And you could tell that Griffin, at a certain point, keeps on hooking each and every one of them. And I think it was the murder on the Brockport Limited. That's when he kind of made everything come together. And that's kind of like the guideline where I'm taking, where I'm giving these characters a certain point until like, all right, this is where the training wheels come off. This is where, mm. you know, we're going to go into this head first. The best way to learn D&D is to play D&D. Definitely. Like, y- you need to jump in. You need to just start playing because you'll yeah. pick it up so much quicker. And then you start oh, to yeah. work out what rules work for you and what rules don't. Like the Dungeon Master's Guide is a guide. It's guidelines. It's a guide. It's not... <laughs> it says it in the name. It's a guide. You don't <laughs> yeah. have to follow it word it's... for word. If you feel like something doesn't work for you, tweak it up a little bit. It's... There's nothing wrong with that. Every DM does it. Every DM does it one way or another. Even if they, they say that they don't, trust me, they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very true. Yeah. Well, you never trust the DM. That's, that, that's, that's the first rule. Never trust that the DM. A, that needs to be a shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never, trust, never trust the DM. <laughs> never trust a smiling DM. Oh, no. Uh, the DM smiles. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you play D&D, what's the reason you keep coming back to the table? Oh, man. So this is going to fall into why I started DMing. So a couple (laughs) of years ago, I was going through some stuff mentally. Uh, I was in a really bad place. Mm -hmm. And I kind of didn't really have many people to turn to. It was uh, something that I tried to do on my own, get over on my own. That's where I found Critical Role. Again, I binged it. I drove my roommates crazy anytime they walked into my room critical role was playing you don't know how long those episodes are three to four hours i think i finished the Mm. first season in like two months which is crazy (laughs) i noticed that certain thoughts in my head 
weren't coming to me when I was watching Critical Role. And little by little, I started digging myself up out of this mental hole that I was in. One day I asked a bunch of my friends, you know, hey, let's meet up at this local game shop. Let's play d and I'm going to try this. And I spent a couple of days writing the story and I was feeling happy. A bunch of my friends showed up. We played. We had fun that night. It was amazing. For me, it's the collaboration of you and your friends and the time that you put into this, showing this to them knowing that they're having fun, knowing that whatever troubles they might have at home, at work, whatever the case may be, that once they sit down on the table, they're able to shed that human skin off and become this other person. Even if it's for an hour, even if it's for two hours, 30 minutes sometime, you're somebody different that you don't need these thoughts in your head. That saved me. Critical Role saved me. If somehow, way, Matt Mercer listens to this, you saved me. There was a date written for something that I'm not going to say, but I'm pretty sure listeners will know what I'm talking about. And I forgot about that day. And it was because of Dungeons and Dragons. And now I'm having the time of my life with my friends. And I'm sorry, <laughs> the tears coming on. Um, yeah, I'm having the time of life with my friends and we're just having fun. If somebody else listens to this and, or, you know, to my podcast and they're like, you know what? I'm going through some stuff right now. Why not let me give this a try for becoming a DM, writing your story, giving yourself time to not have those thoughts in your head and just write something different on paper, on your computer and just use that as an outlet for you can not end up hurting yourself or for you can try to bring yourself out of this hole that you might be in. Like, give it a try. It saved me. I'm pretty sure it saved a bunch of other people. Writing works. <laughs> it may not be for everybody, but it definitely worked for me. And that's why I believe I still play, I still participate, I still listen to, I still watch almost anything that has to deal with Dungeons and Dragons. That game saved me, literally. Like, if I could meet anybody who's a part of Wizards of the Coast, I'd be like, listen, this game helped me. This game saved me. Like, you guys don't know really how far your reach is getting to people. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, it's an incredibly powerful message. And you are absolutely correct. It saves. It saves people. It does. And uh, yeah, it pushes the darkness away for a few hours. Yeah. just for, Even if the story is dark, it still pushes your <laughs> own personal demons and away mm. just for a bit, just so you could breathe, not feel this weight of the world on your shoulders. I'm pretty sure I have a session in like two hours. I'm going to forget about the day, about all the problems until, <laughs> you know, probably afterwards yeah. where it all comes back. But for that time, I'm going to feel happy, relieved. I'll be able to breathe. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't have put it better myself. For that reason alone, I'm very glad that that date no longer exists. Um, now, I'm very happy that, also. So. <laughs> with that being said, without, I haven't given you any prior warning to this. It's very clear. Uh, I'm going to need you to recommend to the good folks listening a book to read, a movie to watch, and a TV show to listen to. Wait, TV show to watch as well. Wait, I messed that one yeah. up. Yeah. Okay, so a book to read. 
personally, again, it fits this with is the you. nerdy motif. I no, would... this is this, this is Alex the human, not Alex the DM. Yeah. But if you wanna if you wanna blur those lines, you can. <laughs> no, it's kind of blurred. Definitely pick up Wrath of the Lich King. It's one of the World of Warcraft books by I believe Christy Golden. It's the story of Arthas and how he became the Lich King, basically. A TV show to watch. I'm currently rewatching Shameless. If you guys have never seen, <laughs> if you haven't seen the U.S. version of it, watch it. It's on Netflix. It's awesome to binge. I have not seen the U.S. version, but being oh. from uh, being from Blighty, I've definitely seen the British version. See, I want to see the British version and to see like the differences. Because mm. if this show is that messed up, I could just imagine <laughs> how it's the British version would be. Because British TV is a beautiful description. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and what was the other one? A movie to watch? A movie, yeah, a film. John Wick. Oh, yes. Any one of the three. Like, I'm pretty sure oh. I have to have my roommate watch the third John Wick. But either way, like, those movies are amazing. It restarted Keanu Reeves' career. If you like just action movies, just watch it. And it has a really good story, too. The whole Continental mm. and their spy world is something that i would definitely do as a campaign for monster of the week i could see that working yeah i could yeah, i could definitely see that working then on to the final question the final dreaded question uh which is dirty dancing or footloose dirty dancing as a very firm dirty dancing dirty i'm sorry i like i like kevin bacon but not as much as patrick Swayze. and i had an ex who was crazy about that movie that was her favorite movie so anytime it was on i would watch it i know that movie like the back of my hand i know the song it's like the back of my hand that should tell you something <laughs> and not dirty dancing too that one sucked stick with we the don't know no no we don't talk about day dancing too it never happened <laughs> it wasn't a thing it was it was a blip blip in the yeah, matrix it was, just, it was just called havana nights <laughs> yeah it's fine yeah yeah exactly you watch it as a different movie it's got nothing yeah, to do but, but definitely dirty dancing fantastic that's good to know just keeping a running tally what's the tally at now oh that'd be that'd be telling you'd have to listen to the other the other episodes to find out <laughs> thank you very much guys for listening to another episodes of the forever dm i really appreciate it thank you so much for spending some time with us alex like genuinely really appreciate it that was no, it's not a, a problem interview. man uh, i had a bunch of fun being here a lot of fun talking to you, uh, sharing a part of my soul that not a lot of people know about me. It was, it was, do you know what I liked about that? It was the fact that it was some, there was some really cool tips in there, but a really powerful message. And that is something that everyone should, uh, should take to heart, certainly. Mm -hmm. um, but thank you again. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. Guys, check out this guy's podcast. I don't think we've talked about it yet, but check. No, just, we have not. Do, do you want to sum up the podcast like super quick? Sure. All right. I am the DM of In the Dice Box Slam. You can join us every other Wednesday on Spotify. It's where I take Dungeons and Dragons and I mix it with the world of professional wrestling. Currently, we have a little bit of wrestling involved in it, but mostly it's been Dungeons and Dragons. One of my players is a professional wrestler that goes by the name of Nyla Rose. You could check her out every Wednesday on TNT with All Elite Wrestling. Whoa. Yes, and if you know cool. wrestling, that is, yeah, that's the new company that's out right now in the uh, wrestling world. But yeah, she was their women's champion for a bit. 
So I could say that I am the first D&D podcast to have a former wrestling heavyweight champion on it. hundred <laughs> <laughs> um, percent. That goes on like, yeah. like after the title, just in small, small letters, just underneath yeah. it. Listen, we got shouted out on YouTube already with her show. Uh, God, so cool. There's a guy there called Brandon Cutler, and he's the D&D guy. Like his gimmick, his wrestling stuff, he comes out in a jacket that's all of the colors of Tiamat. He rolls a giant red 20 on his entranceway. He has dice on his tights and everything. I need and, to start uh, watching wrestling again. This sounds amazing. Oh, like, it, it's a new company. It sounds amazing. It is amazing. But yeah, he's their D&D guy, and he was having a match, and she was doing commentary. And she kind of slipped in, hey, if you want to, you know, learn how to play D&D and stuff, you listen to In the Dice Box Slam. So for you aspiring DMs out there, if you're listening to this podcast, The Forever DM, and you feel like taking tips and tricks or listening to another story, definitely check us out. Check out your personal uh, campaign also, which sounds amazing. Hopefully I will be able to join in in that table one day. Yeah, Clash of Quest, man. Yeah, 100%. We, uh, there is a... Uh, an opening for one shots that will be running future oh. by other DMs. Oh, okay. Well, you could definitely sign me up for that. <laughs> uh, but thank you very much for listening, guys. Please, please check out in the dice box. That's amazing. Please check those out. And obviously come back, check us out again. You can catch clash of quests every single uh, Saturday. Once again, thank you so much guys. Be lucky. Bye-bye.